What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am your host, Matt Primo, and thank you for joining me today. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. We have a $5 tier, $10 tier, and a $20 tier. Shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen Edmonds, Eric Hernandez, and Sharon Petrie. Without y'all, we would not be able to do this. Y'all keep us afloat each and every month, so we appreciate y'all. If you're on the fence about supporting us, just know that by supporting us, you're not really providing us with financial uh, benefits as far as uh, as far as money each and every month. You're not. And this isn't like a full-time job for us. We're here because we love to do it. And we're using that money from Patreon to get us better equipment. So you'd be helping out the show, get more better content with better equipment, yada, yada, yada. But if you want our content uncut, unrated, and early access, go to patreon.com slash two game. And you can join us there at the $5 tier. And you get all those benefits just by paying $5 a month. And then we also drop bonus episodes each and every month. And you will be part of our exclusive uh, text, group text, where we text on a regular basis with each other and we talk about games, movies. Speaking of games, if you're not familiar with our gaming podcast, the two game podcast, like I said, the number two, we talk about all kinds of nerdy stuff on that podcast. We talk anime, comics, anime, uh, nerdy culture, and then for the most part, we talk about games. But we're all over the place. So go check us out on that. And if you're new to this channel, then by all means, check out our previous, I don't know, this is probably an episode 37 or something around that, something around that number. We've done a lot of reviews. You can go check out our 90s action movies reviews. You can go check out our horror movie reviews. We've done Terminator, Die Hard. I'm almost finished with, with Underworld. Christian and I, we are doing uh, Die Hard. And then coming up in February, I'm pretty excited about this. We are doing Kung Fu movies. We're reviewing four Kung Fu movies for the public. And then two bonus episodes will be Patreon exclusive. And then I will also be reviewing on my own the Predator series. Uh, none of those really jive with you. We got several other reviews out there that are just miscellaneous reviews, um, reviews that have movies that have been newly released, and we're going to continue to do those types of releases. We just did a review on the movie Soul, Wonder Woman 1984, and then coming up next week, uh, I think it comes out the 29th, is a movie called The Little Things. It has Jared Leto in it, and it has Denzel Washington in it. I'm going to end up reviewing that once I watch that. But yeah, go check out all those reviews. Let me know what you think. And uh, yeah, let's jump into this review. We are here today to review Underworld Awakening. Technically, the fourth movie in the series. If you're going... If you're going... I mean, it's fourth movie regardless. Whatever. Uh, but if you're going in from... If you're not counting the prequel, this is technically the third movie. But that's all. That's all technical difficulties, and we're not trying to get into that. Underworld Awakening, number four in the series. We have one more review after this, and that is Blood Wars. Let's jump into this review. If you're new here, 
we're going to jump into the plot, fun facts, and then I'll give you my overall impressions, and then whether you should buy it, sell it, uh, get it on sale, or skip it. So, hopefully all of y'all have been following along with the series up to this point. And just to recap the, the previous movies, I've, I'm in love with the prequel. I said that. That was the first movie we did. We're doing it in chronological order. In love with the prequel. Underworld and Underworld Evolution. I mean, eh, they're okay. They're okay movies. Nothing I'm going to... Nothing that I'm going to write home about. Underworld Awakening. The plot. Plot time. When human forces discover the existence of the vampire and lichen clans, a war to eradicate both species commences. The vampire warrior Selene leads the battle against humankind. And just to to get off that point real quick, before we get to the rest of the fun facts, that plot is a little misleading because, spoiler alert by the way, all these reviews are spoilers. Except the newly released ones, those are not spoilers. But neither here nor there. That plot makes it seem like it is vampires versus humans, when that is not really what this movie is about. Yeah, they the humans come in and eradicate, you know, the vampires and the lichens for the most part, and then after what is it, twelve years? Oh, they've been in hiding and they're building their forces. So not really against the humans. This is this is more along the lines of the lichens are coming back full force, and the vampires and the humans just seem to be caught in the middle of it. This movie was directed by Marland and Stein. They have no, normally I would tell you what movies that these directors have directed to kind of compare them to. This was actually their first one, if I'm not mistaken. I think they did some TV shows or some stuff uh, across the pond, if I may. This movie was released on January 20th, 2012. At a budget of seventy million dollars and it grossed worldwide one hundred and sixty point one million dollars. Just for comparison's sakes, uh, let's check back at my notes. Underworld Evolution was fifty million and it grossed one eleven. So this was twenty to twenty million more expensive and I net them fifty forty nine more million dollars. Uh, so. Eh, not really that great of a box office, to be honest with you. But, hey, they they kept making them, so obviously they had to be profitable somewhere. Let's jump into the fun facts. This is the first Underworld film not to include new scenes by Bill Nighy, Michael Sheen, or Brian Steele. This is the first film in the series to be in real D 3D and IMAX 3D. And you can kind of see that throughout the movie where, you know, they're throwing stuff and it's all 3D-like. It's It reminds me of the Resident Evil movies. David getting brought back to life was supposed to be his final scene, but Theo James impressed the filmmakers with his performance so much that he shows up at the final battle. And that's our last fun fact. And mainly, I wanted to say that for one for last because it jumps right into my point of the acting. And really, it's a series plague at this point. The acting throughout the series, with the exclusion of Bill Nighy and uh, Michael Sheen, specifically Michael Sheen in the prequel, who was fantastic, by the way. 
Absolutely loved his performance in that. Go check out my review, and I basically talk all about his performance in that one. But the acting throughout this series is just, for the most part, it's just, it's terrible. Just absolutely terrible. And Theo James, he knows one note. He has one facial expression this entire movie. He has one tone this entire movie. I don't understand where they got this amazing performance from. Me personally, it did not stick with me. I didn't like it. He just seemed very wooden, to be honest with you. And throughout the series, I have come up with... I've had the, the generalized complaint critique that the action for an action style movie, the action is terrible throughout this series. And then they finally correct it a little bit, guys, a little bit. The action is better in this movie. And I will say with each movie, they have gotten action a little bit better and better and better. This movie is actually the actions actually pretty Pretty freaking enjoyable, to be honest with you. I mean, is it amazing? No, it's not like Michael Bay Explosion's kind of good. It's not, you know, Dark Knight level action great or Marvel movies great. But for the series, it's pretty good. I'll, I'll give them that. Pretty good. It's decent. The minor characters have terrible dialogue. And back to what I was saying about acting, there's just, it's, it's terrible acting. Bad character development. I didn't care about any of these characters other than Celine, and honestly, I didn't really care for her daughter either. I mean, they didn't give her any character development either. Honestly, I I don't even remember her name, to be honest with you. And that says a lot about a character when you don't even remember their damn name. And then I've already mentioned the actors all having the same expression, facial expressions. I mean, it's not just Theo James. It's... It's all of them, to be honest with you. And even Kate Beckinsale even goes with that wooden performance at times. It's She's not amazing, to be honest with you. And it's not like she's some Academy Award winner among all these other people. It's just, she's the, I mean, she's definitely better than all of them. But I wouldn't say that's too much of a stretch, you know. The CGI, it, it, see, this is the problem. I watched this movie probably about four days ago, and... Being a paramedic is just, it ruins my memory. And over these four days, I should have reviewed this movie a little bit closer. But there's one thing I did not forget. And that's how terrible the CGI is. The CGI might be the worst in the series. But I actually do like some of the, some of the, how they design the lichens in this movie, how they look. It looks better than in previous movies, to be honest with you. And I think there's an improvement in that general department. So if you've been watching along with the series, then you know Michael was always uh, was the hybrid in the previous movies. He shows up, air quotes. I mean, he doesn't really show up, but he shows up because it, it's not Scott Speedman in this movie. It's somebody else, and they did quick shots and him transforming into his hybrid stage. I would have preferred they just cut out Michael completely from the script. They should have just killed him off screen or, you know, planned better, to be honest with you. Maybe they should have been in the in the movie Evolution. Maybe they should have killed him at the end. That way they didn't have to sidestep around him not being there in this movie. So, I don't know what Blood Wars is going to lead to. They make it seem like he's not dead in this movie, if I remember correctly. 
So I don't know if they're going to go the route of bringing him back in the last movie. I don't believe Scott Speedman's in the next movie. So, yeah. And that's the great thing about not knowing what is beyond this movie. Because I haven't seen this movie. I've seen the end of this movie. I don't think I've ever seen the beginning of this movie. When I, when I saw the end the end action sequence, I was like, oh, I remember this. I remember them in this little parking garage looking thing. And it was very familiar to me. Everything else about the movie, I had never seen before. Whereas, like, the Terminator series, I have seen all those movies before. And I knew where it was going direction-wise, story-wise. So it didn't really throw me for a loop. Blood Wars, I have no idea what's going on. No idea what's going on. I haven't looked at cast or anything. I'm just going based off what this movie is. And I really just wish they would cut Michael out completely and just went a completely different route. And speaking of story, my general complaint about the series up to this point is, other than Rise of the Lycans which was a simple story, to be honest with you. It was just a Romeo and Juliet version of... Romeo and Juliet version, including vampires and lichens. That was that was it. This actually has a pretty decent story. And while I was watching it, I was like, okay. Because I read the plot for the movie, which was the humans are going up against the vampires and the lichens. And that's the way the movie starts off. And then about halfway, you're like, Okay, something's not right. Like I, I feel like they're they're swapping plot lines here, and they did, and they made it seem like I was like, "Where's the lichens at?" The lichens are non-existent from the story, and it was a big light bulb to be honest with you. And then they come back with this super lichen, which was pretty awesome, by the way. I really enjoyed his uh, his design, his character design, and everything. Absolutely loved it. I dug him. Now, granted, as a villain, he's he's just he's kind of like uh, Steppenwolf from Justice League. How he's just he's just there for the bad for the good guys to beat up. That's kind of how he is. He just looks really cool in this movie. The Super Werewolf. I don't I don't know his name, but overall, I really did enjoy the story. I like how they went with the Lycans being. Uh, on the underground and kind of behind the scenes growing forces. And then it ends up being vampires versus lichens, which I have been wanting. They've been saying war throughout this entire series. But, I mean, there's only like minor moments between each of them. It's really been vampires versus vampires, if you if you think about it throughout the series. And this is the first time that we've actually gotten some decent action involving lichens and vampires. Another noticeable noticeable difference that I've seen in this movie versus the other, the other movies have this this blue hue, this blue tone throughout the entire movie, and it's really overpowering throughout the series, and I don't know, it's just it, I don't like it, to be honest with you. And in this movie, they correct it. They dial that blue tone around. You, you can still see the blue tone throughout the movie, but it's definitely not as overpowering as it has been in previous movies. So I do appreciate them editing that a little bit. And the series as a whole, I honestly think the series would be better as a goth horror. Better if they would have had like a main lichen antagonist. Kind of like, not not Thanos, but like like in the background, he's leading the lichens. 
and I wish they would just been a central like an antagonist. And they, I mean, they killed off Michael Sheen early on in the series. I wish they would just had a big bad kind of looming throughout the series. But like I mentioned a minute ago, I actually do dig this bad guy, even though he's one note and he's more of a Steppenwolf. And I wish he had gotten more screen time and development, but maybe that would have made the, I don't know, the plot twist, air quotes, maybe that would have dampened that a little bit by giving him more, you know, explain, uh, exploring that a little bit earlier in the movie. But overall, I, I, I enjoyed him. I mean, he was just a, he was just a villain for the, for the, for Celine to kill. That was it. So overall, I, I really do enjoy this movie and it, I, I'm in that weird position where I want to say, oh, Underworld is like this classic movie. Everybody loves Underworld, right? It's hard for me to put this movie above, you know, the original Underworld because, you know, the originals are always better. But I really did enjoy this movie, and I think I enjoyed it more than the previous two movies. You got better plot, better character. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to say that. The better characters, yes, but that's not saying much in comparison to the rest of the series. Better action, see, yeah, CGI is not as bad. I mean, not as good. And just overall, I I think it's just a more enjoyable movie. It's more of a what I call a, a popcorn flick. It's not going to win any awards. It's not going to be a movie that you're going to watch on a regular basis because those performances do get quite old very fast, to be honest with you. And for the most part, like I said, I enjoyed it. And on a scale of one to five, I give it two and a half. So I've given Rise of the Lycans up this point a three. The other two movies, uh, two and a half, I believe. And I've given this a two and a half. I think it's worth a sale. Five bucks, no more than that. And that kind of continues the trend of the series. Get these movies on sale if you're going to get them or get them in the box set. Don't go out of your way and pay $10, $15 for these movies. They're not worth it, guys. Not worth it at all. And I think that's going to conclude my review for this episode. I'm going to be honest, my battery on my computer is dying, and I wanted to get this knocked out really quick. So coming up next week, the final review of my Underworld series, Underworld Blood Wars. I've never seen it. I'm personally excited to conclude the series. I can finally say, oh, I've seen all the Underworld movies. Granted, I own them, so I'll be able to watch them again. But let me know if you've been watching these with me. Let me know where these movies are kind of fitting in your rankings. Don't forget, Underworld Blood Wars, that review, I will put my official definitive rankings of the Underworld series at the very end of that episode, and it'll be one through five. I'll let you know which one's the best, which one is the worst. I am i don't know if Blood Wars ends the series altogether, or if it was the series killer, as in it just made no more money, and they're just done making those movies. I don't know. I don't know anything about Blood Wars, to be honest with you. But I think that's going to be it for today, and I will catch you all next time.